0: we
1: Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on a brand new episode of Backseat Directors. This is episode 55 and I'm your host as always, Andre Hutchins. On today's episode, I am joined by a good friend, a good friend that I've never met, but have interacted with a lot on social media and a fellow podcaster and movie reviewer, Chris Villegas. So let's go ahead and welcome Chris to the show. Chris, welcome to the Backseat Directors Podcast, my friend.
0: Oh, thank you. It is my honor to be here, man. I've I've kind of been waiting for this moment my whole life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to give you a chance, Chris, in just a second to kind of introduce yourself, um, tell the listeners who you are, what your podcast is and all that. Um, Okay. I got to tell you this, okay? So I... Um, I'm coming up on my one year anniversary right now for Backseat Directors, right? Awesome. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, and once I started the podcast, that's when I actually started to listen to movie podcasts. So before I even started doing my own podcast, I really never even listened to movie podcasts at all, okay? And I don't know how, um, but your podcast was one of the very first, if not the first movie podcast that i came across whether we connected on twitter or i just found it like searching itunes or something like that i -hmm. found your guys's podcast and then i was like oh my gosh i felt super intimidated i was like (laughs) oh no, man i was like oh my gosh these guys are good these guys are good i gotta make sure that my quality you know is 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 up to par um so okay so i just wanted to let you know that chris but uh yeah chris so (laughs) go ahead uh Tell the listeners, um, you know, just about the Screen Addicts podcast, how you got that going, who else joins you, and such and okay. such. So go ahead.
0: All right. So uh, like Andre said, we do, I do the Screen Addicts podcast with two uh, lifelong friends of mine. We've been uh, friends since middle school.
1: Really? And, so all three of you yeah. are from, from the same town in Texas?
0: Yep, all three of us are from the huge town of Amarillo. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, Jeremy and Stephen, my other two guys, they've actually known each other a lot longer. They went to elementary school together. Uh, so we in, something in high school that we just started together, we watched movies like crazy, um, and we just talked about them. And as years went on, couple went off to college and stuff like that, and one day we were talking like we usually do, and I was like, you know what, guys, let's just put some mics in front of our faces and let me record it, and let's start a podcast, and they were like, all right, why not, and uh, almost... I think we are nine episodes away from 100 episodes, and we still love doing it, man.
1: Dude, that is awesome, man. That's so, awesome. What was your what, what What was the official launch date? When's your anniversary?
0: Uh, the anniversary, I believe, is in March uh, 15th, I believe, somewhere in there. So,
1: and how many years will it uh, be?
0: Um, coming up on two. Nice. Uh, we, we took a couple of breaks here and there, missed a couple of weeks, of course, for um, holidays and stuff. So right. uh, almost two years and 100 episodes.
1: Dude, that's fantastic. So we, we actually, in terms of our, one, our, our anniversary dates, uh, I think mine officially is March 28th was the first episode that I released. Um, yeah. And, uh, man, you guys are coming up on a hundred episodes. That's nice.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a daunting task, man. Like we love doing it and stuff like that, but I didn't realize just how much work goes into it. Um, post-production and all that, but man, I, I wouldn't, I would do it all over again if I had to.
1: See, that's one of the most underrated and underappreciated things about podcasters, you know, cause, mm-hmm. um, You, all three of you, have day jobs. I have a day job, you know. So podcasting is—it's been a hobby, you know, something I've obviously enjoyed. But just like you said, there is a lot of man hours (laughs) that go into creating even just an episode. That's you know maybe an hour long once a week. You know, it's it's a lot of time. It really is.
0: And and I'm I'm lucky. I, I I have insomnia really bad. So, uh, you know, <laughs> man, I'm usually up until two or three in the morning, anyway.
1: So, yeah. So it gives you a chance to maybe uh, watch a few movies or uh, I, do some editing, I, I guess. I,
0: exactly, or both at the same time. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> now I know, mm-hmm. I know you have. I know you're at least the father of one, if not more, kids. I don't have kids, so your life is mm-hmm. even more busy than mine. Oh.
0: Oh, man, and just like tonight, you know, I I usually have to wait to record uh, shows till the boys go to bed, and it's late, and I'm like, uh, it's either that or I have to edit out a bunch of – kids yelling at each other in the background.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then the unsung heroes are the wives, you know, the ones that, Oh yeah. That let us, let us stay up till all hours of the night doing things that we, that we love. And <laughs> Oh yeah. She is,
0: she has a big heart for me. I have to say that.
1: Oh, that's awesome, man. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, you know, introduce the screen addicts podcast to our listeners, or at least those who have not maybe heard of your podcast. Highly recommend your guys's podcast. Podcasts. You guys have a lot of fun, and one of the things that I love the most about your podcast is obviously you guys have chemistry. And Now that I know you guys have been friends for years and years, it makes sense. But oh, yeah. but you guys have very different opinions when it comes to movies, oh, and man. and so I, I, and I I really appreciate that be, just because I think it's easier. You know, if you're going to have a podcast with multiple people, I think it's easier to you know, have a discussion um, when, you know, most people kind of agree, you know, and you're all yeah. kind of on the same page. But but you guys, man, you keep it real. You guys really, like, almost every time I, I listen to you guys talk about movies, it's like, you know, you guys all think differently, and I love it, though. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, it, it's fun, especially with Jeremy. Jeremy is off and left field from us sometimes. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Jeremy, you're going to have um, – Sometimes I'm like, "We're gonna fight, Jeremy. Um, it's gonna happen."
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I've got a lot of love for Jeremy, and uh, you know, I, and I want, I want your your buddies to know uh, they are absolutely invited on onto Backseat Director. So we'll have to get them on as well. But uh, I'm I'm happy, Chris, that this has worked out. You know, before we pushed the record button, you and I were just kind of mm. chatting real quick, quick. You know, uh, I think I really do think the stars have aligned uh, for us to to kind of just talk about a movie and a movie that you have a lot of invested interest in, obviously, because you are from Amarillo and the movie we're about to discuss is, you know, take uh, took place in Amarillo and it is a true story. And so uh, but Mm -hmm. before that, before that, though, one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and I hope I hope you enjoy this, too. Um, we are going to do some get to know you questions. All right. So for our listeners to get to know what kind of cinephile and movie fan you are, Chris, I've got some questions for you. Are you ready?
0: I, I am. I am. Now it's time for some get to know you questions.
1: Okay. Chris question. Number one, not what is your favorite movie, but what is your desert Island movie?
0: All right, man. So uh, I thought about this very – all day long, all day long. <laughs> but um, – and, and I had to run it by my other guys too. I mean like I told them, I said, if I say this movie, please don't judge me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were like,
0: okay. But my Desert Island movie, man, and I'm going to have to say it's Last of the Mohicans.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Uh,
0: just i mean daniel day lewis and the score the score for that film is just amazing
1: it's I just, honestly man it's second to none in my opinion mm-hmm. it's second to none
0: yeah and it just has it, to me it, just, it has the right amount of action it has a great love story and i love the the history movies like that they're some of my favorite movies and just put all that together with the amazing score, uh, I, I, you can't go wrong.
1: Oh, man. Dude, I'm so happy that you said that movie. That is such an <laughs> awesome movie. Uh, okay, so here's a quick little story about that movie. Um, I uh, The first time I heard about that movie, I, was, I think I was in like the third grade, second or third grade. I'm trying to remember when uh, – I'm pretty sure that movie came out in 92, which means I was – in the third grade, I think I'm tr- I can't remember. Okay, either way, second or <laughs> third grade, I had a friend who um, was, I guess, in my mind, lucky enough to have seen that movie at such a young age. And yes, it mm-hmm. was rated R. Um, I think I think for today's standards, that movie probably would have gotten a PG thirteen movie or a PG thirteen rating. Yeah, um, but it, it was it was rated R. And I remember though, I remember I had a sleepover at his house one night and he had the music and they and he played it and this was the first time i had ever been kind of introduced to a movie score
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and i was i was just entranced with the music from this movie and i i mean yeah i just i don't know it's it was a very uh impressionable memory that i had and just experience and one that i i know kind of sparked that uh, kind of that desire that interest to to just kind of listen to movie scores and things like that but yeah no awesome man great that's great yeah
0: I'd, i definitely have a, a trevor jones uh, spotify playlist <laughs> that, that keeps me entertained nice so.
1: dude nice okay chris uh, question number two what is your favorite movie theater snack
0: and uh, i might make a lot of people mad with this one but uh I I love pickles, man. I know sometimes <laughs> they can be loud in a theater, but I I I gotta have a pickle. Pickles, dude. Pickles is <laughs> yeah.
1: the that is the first time anyone's ever said pickles. <laughs> now you gotta tell me how do you how do you get pickles in the theater? I, well, you, they you,
0: they sell them here. No way. In our theaters, Seriously? yeah, they sell those little bag pickles that just come in a vacuum sealed <laughs> little bag. <laughs>
1: I love so, it, dude. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Well, of course, man. We're talking We're talking movie theaters in Texas. They got to have pickles there. Yeah. I'm surprised that it's not deep fried pickles, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that should be something I should pitch to him. It would be a lot quieter because – you know, people are slurping the. And I actually ask for a, an extra straw or I grab one out of the, the thing. And so I drink the pickle juice oh. afterwards. Oh, <laughs>
1: oh, nice, dude. Nice. Which which theater do you frequent the most? Which one is this that you're talking about?
0: Uh, we're a uh, Cinemark.
1: Oh, nice. Dude, they sell pickles, huh? Yeah. See, the, my closest theater, it's right up the road, is a Cinemark. And. Uh, and they do not sell pickles, so my mom have to put in a little one of those customer suggestion things.
0: Heck yeah, man, the, <laughs> the spicy pickles are the best.
1: Oh man, okay, all right, now nice, nice, Chris, I like it, I like it. Okay, question number three: What was the first movie that made you cry? If you can't remember, then what was the last movie that made you cry?
0: All right, so. I was thinking about this and I'm the first movie that I remember crying at, uh, and it's kind of weird, but, um, I, it was me and, uh, my brother, well, he's my cousin, but he's my brother to me. We're sitting, uh, watching this movie and at the end we just start bawling. I don't know why we just start crying, but it is, uh, best of the best.
1: Dude, I can't say that I've seen it. what, what what's the movie? Oh.
0: Well, the movie is about like, an American karate team, and they go up against a Korean karate team. And it has a, a dang, what's his name, Julia
1: Robert Julia Roberts' brother.
0: Um, uh, his name escapes
1: me, Damn, but I'm, anyway, I'm looking this up right now. Best of the best. I'm on IMDb right now. Yeah. I, I don't know how I haven't seen this movie. I love karate movies. Oh
0: man. And also, I don't want to spoil it for you then. I, I can't spoil it for you. But the end, um, there happens, this is touching little scene at the end. And for some reason, at the end of that, man, and I think I'm around, oh, when I remember watching this movie, I think I'm around 10 or 12. And I just start bawling. And I don't know why. I just started crying. <laughs> it was so sad to me.
1: Oh man, okay, so I'm uh, I'm just kind of going through the pictures on IMDb mm-hmm. and um it looks familiar. I feel like I feel like I've seen this movie. So, yeah, Julia Roberts' brother, uh Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts. Yeah, yeah. he's the main guy, but James Earl Jones plays in this movie. Yeah, he's nice. uh Yeah.
0: James or Chris Penn, he's he's pretty good. And uh, yeah, Philip Chris Green. Penn,
1: yeah. Um, 1989. Uh, so yeah, it's uh not definitely not a recent movie, but I feel yeah. like I feel like the 80s mm-hmm. w- that was like the golden age of of martial arts and karate movies. You know, you had, oh yeah, in the Jean Claude Van Damme movies, <laughs> you had the Karate Kid, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, and uh, um, nice man. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to find out <laughs> where I can get my hands on this. Maybe it's on uh, uh, I don't know, maybe Amazon Prime or Hulu might have a random movie like this.
0: I, I think Hulu may have it. Uh, yeah, it's it's been so long. I mean, and I own it, so I just – I don't look for it on streaming, but I think it's out there somewhere.
1: Nice. Very good. Very good. Okay, best of the best. <laughs> okay, question number four, Chris. Do you have a favorite director and or actor?
0: Um. You know, I don't – I can't really – nail down a director. I just like so many different movies from so many different directors. That's totally Um, fair, man. (laughs) (laughs) um, But as for favorite actor, I think I'm going to have to like go back to my desert Island movie a little bit. And Daniel day Lewis, man, just everything he's in just is gold. And I, I don't think there is a movie that I have watched with him in it that I just, do not like,
1: isn't it, it? It it's it's crazy. His approach to to his acting career, right? Yeah, you oh, know yeah. how how selective and meticulous he is with choosing a role, and like he does like a movie every five years or something like that.
0: Yeah, he'll say he's retired, and then five years later, he'll come out with something else.
1: So, so. I, have you seen Phantom Thread yet?
0: I you know that one I haven't watched yet. It, it is uh, probably going to happen this weekend though.
1: I I have not seen it yet either. It's been I know it's it's here in in Utah at some of the theaters, but there aren't many showings and I feel like it, it's just been kind of hard to find a time where it's actually showing and uh that aligns with my schedule. So I haven't seen it yet yeah. either, but yeah, dude, Daniel Day-Lewis, man, you can't argue against that. What well, the last movie I saw um or at least most recent uh, movie mm-hmm. that I saw that you know featured Daniel Day-Lewis was uh um the crucible and yes gosh man he is excellent in, this, in that movie
0: and and I, you know i heard this on another podcast and i think i knew this but almost every role he gets he's either nominated or wins the oscar for it
1: well and i can't argue against that i mean it's so, well deserved <laughs> yeah um i i think before phantom thread the last movie he did wasn't it lincoln um yeah i believe so yeah, i think it was lincoln i feel like that was kind of like the five-year mark <laughs> mm-hmm. all right man nice okay last question chris if you could change the ending of any one movie which would it be and how would you change it and uh just if there are spoilers let the listeners know
0: okay um this was probably the hardest question <laughs> um out of all of these and uh, you know i think uh like another reason for people to be mad at me and maybe uh but i think i want to change the end of the lion king
1: really okay i I, i'm very interested to hear what you have to say (laughs) i i think
0: i would really like for scar to win this battle (laughs) against simba against simba you know, I don't know why, but I'm just thinking, I'm like, dude, so what is going to happen if it, it, Scar takes over? And this, I think there's a whole other dynamic. And, you know, it's Dis- Disney's not, is going to go for the happy ending, you know?
1: Of course, of course.
0: But I, I've always wondered, what would happen if it took the other way? if it uh if if it's, uh, it's, Jeremy Irons won, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm just you know, the dark side of Disney, I wonder if there's ever been a there ever comes a dark side of Disney <laughs> yeah. if that ever happens, but yeah, it's always interested me, and to have a Disney movie not be a happy ending, what would happen,
1: oh man, dude, that's like. Man, a Disney movie not having a happy ending. What what would that be like? That would be like going to 7-Eleven and not getting a Slurpee. Like 7-Eleven <laughs> no longer has Slurpees at 7-Eleven. <laughs> oh man, um yeah, I don't know, that's really interesting. Aren't we getting we're getting a live action uh remake Lion of King. Lion King, right? Yep. yep. I mean, hey, well, maybe you have some time to uh, suggest that ultimate ending to, uh, to the filmmakers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I would
0: be laughed out of a room on that one, but hey.
1: <laughs> well, it's very good, man. I, I honestly, uh, I, I did not expect that one. Very good. Very good. All right, Chris. Well, uh, well done on all five questions. So uh, since yeah. we uh, we are done with that section of the podcast, let's go ahead and move on to introducing this week's movie review. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. So, uh, the movie that Chris and I will be discussing and reviewing today is the true story called Bomb City. Movie details. In the heart of the Panhandle of Texas sits the small, quiet city of Amarillo, a conservative community that loves their high school football and loves Texas, Amarillo is unsuspecting of the infamous hate crime that is about to rock this community in the winter of 1997. Nicknamed Bomb City for its nuclear weapons dismantling facilities, Amarillo is also home to a blossoming punk rock community led by local 19-year-old Brian Denecke. Punk rock had its roots in the 70s with well-known bands like the Ramones and The Clash. But as punk, uh, as punk evolved and grew in popularity, it, rarely, it was rarely considered mainstream. Bands like Green Day and Bad Religion in the early 90s saw a revival of punk and helped to grow the movement and motto of punk, the anti-establishment, anti-authority way of life. And Brian Deneke was at the forefront of bringing punk rock bands to Amarillo to play at his upstart venue and provide a place of refuge for like-minded people. Brian's trademark green mohawk, studded leather jackets, and military pants draped in chains was a startling sight to the conservative community in Amarillo. It brought Brian and his friends a lot of unwanted and unwarranted bullying and targeted abuse from their peers and law enforcement. This treatment only fueled Brian's belief in the punk movement and what punk stood for. Eventually culminating in a modern day West Side Story clash of the punks and the jocks of the local high school, and one of the most tragically unknown hate crimes committed in this modern era in the United States. *Bomb City had a release date here in the US. Uh, It was actually a very limited release date, uh, February 9th, 2018, but along with this uh, theatrical release date, it was also simultaneously released on demand. So currently, you can get the movie on iTunes and other uh, digital outlets. Uh, bomb city has a running time of one hour and 35 minutes and currently it is unrated so the film has not yet received its rating from the motion picture association of america however uh, when and if it does receive its official rating it will most likely be uh, rated r uh, mostly for language and some violence the movie stars dave davis as brian deneke dominic ryan gabriel as jason deneke, uh who is brian's older brother mamie renfro as jade luke shelton as cody cates and glenn uh, Morshower as Cody Kate's defense attorney, Cameron Wilson. The film was directed by Jameson Brooks. Bomb City is the first full-length film that Brooks has directed. Uh, Brooks, hailing from Amarillo, al- uh, he alongside uh, another native Amarillo or Amarillion <laughs> I'm not sure how you say say that. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Just a native of Amarillo, Sheldon Chick, also wrote the screenplay for Bomb City. Um, so in terms of financial production budget and opening week and sales there are no financials uh to report I just was unable to get my hands on those can't really find out uh or if they're even keeping track of those right now um but let's go ahead and move on to this m- movie review with Chris Backseat Directors movie review Okay Chris so um as we already alluded to you know I felt like uh this this was just really meant to be that that the movie that we were meant to discuss and review is Bomb City. And so, um, I, uh, I, I am interested to know how you came across this movie because it was only just a few weeks ago before before I got lucky enough uh, to get that free digital copy from you guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, but seriously, huge, huge kudos, man. Thank you so much. I am so oh, happy man. that I got that I'm copy. so
0: glad you won. Like, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of people that, that could have entered in, in. I'm just like, this could not have been more perfect because, and the... The reason I say this is because the way you reviewed the movie Detroit, another movie based on a true story, just, man, like I I got emotional the way you talked about it.
1: Wow, well, thanks, man. Thanks. That means and a lot. It was,
0: it was just so great. And so when I saw that you won this, I'm like, this couldn't have been – more perfect. <laughs> Couldn't have been more perfect.
1: <laughs> well, honestly, man, I am I am so happy that he, he, I was lucky enough to get that digital copy from you guys. But uh, so it was it was maybe just a a week, maybe a, a two weeks before, um, you guys posted that little giveaway online. That mm-hmm. I I was just kind of going through, looking at the new movies coming out in February. Um, I was just on, on like my Apple TV, looking at like their like the trailers app. You know, mm-hmm. cause you can, dude, I get, I get sucked into that. Like, of, like <laughs> oh, at, yeah. on a weekly basis, I'll just end up watching like an hour of just trailers. <laughs> <laughs> and see
0: right now I'm on trailer embargo. So it, it's hard for me. To, like I'm trying to stay away from trailers. Yeah. It, it's so hard sometimes.
1: Oh dude. Tr- trust me. I know I have, I have a love hate relationship when it comes to trailers for, for, um, you know, kind of the, um, less, less known, Kind of low budget films. I, I I always I seek those trailers out just because you're not going to get marketing, you know, and big advertisement for right. those types of movies. And Bomb City is in that group, you know. So I came across Bomb City just by chance. That was just on it was on the Apple Trailers, you know, app um, on my Apple TV, and and the it was the movie poster that caught my attention. I'm like, oh okay, here's kind of this punk rocker, huge mohawk, and that title. I'm like, Bomb City. What is this about? And so, you know, I watched the trailer and I'm like, "Oh my gosh. This is a true story? Like this is this is crazy. I got to find out what this movie's all about." And dude, and when you show when you po- post- posted that uh that giveaway, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, please. I got to win this. I got to win this, man." <laughs> and so, oh, man. yeah, dude, um, you know, I I think uh the same day I downloaded the movie um i i ended up watching it that night and uh, oh my gosh man so okay so just a, a little a little um history oh, oh oh wait tell me how you found out about the movie
0: oh oh well this film has been in production they've been filming for like seven years now what and they feel yeah um, really? they, they filmed a bunch of it here in town. So we, we kind of heard of it through the grapevine, you know, um, they'll be filming here, they'll be filming there and stuff. So that's, that's how we got kind of, um, intertwined with it.
1: Okay. Okay. So, um, just for the listeners, um, you know, cause they're mm-hmm. probably going to be fairly unfamiliar with this film. You know, it, it was released, um, I believe it's official release date was February 9th. I'm trying to find yep, that right now. It is. It is so, it was released. But it was released straight to um I I don't know if if there are hard copies um you know like DVDs or Blu-rays that you can go out to the store and buy, but I know you can buy it digitally on mm-hmm. iTunes and and maybe Amazon or something like that. Um I, I I would imagine this was a film that I was shown I I know at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Um and probably some other film festivals, but I don't know what kind of national release this movie is gonna get in other theaters though? do you know
0: it it, it is not gonna get a huge national release. They did selected select cities um like here in Amarillo, even like our big like Cinemark and our UA that we have here didn't even get the movie
1: yeah yeah
0: um so and I, I think they they released it here in Amarillo, Dallas. LA and New York. Okay. Is is what I I think I've heard.
1: Yeah, and you know, for, for small budget, um you know, very indie films like Bomb City, yeah, New York City, L.A., and maybe a couple other places are, are yeah. most likely destinations for a movie like this. But, uh, um, yeah, for you know anyone that wants to see it right now, it's you know go go to iTunes, you know buy it, definitely buy iTunes
0: it. iTunes, uh, and I think uh, I believe it's available uh, video on demand.
1: Perfect, perfect. So. so, so this movie, this movie is based off a true story. Uh, main character is Brian Dennehy who is from Amarillo, Texas, which mm-hmm. is your hometown that you currently reside. Mm-hmm. Um, and the this incident that the movie covers took place in December of 1997. So I, I know you were around in 1997. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to debate how much of the movie I want to give away, even though it was a true story. And there'll probably be people who are listening that are familiar with this story, but I will tell you that I was not. I, I had not heard of Brian Deneke I had never heard of this story. I'd had no idea that this had happened um in Amarillo and how shocking and tragic this story is. And so um I, I guess let's let's just try to um spoil as little as we can. But okay. but but feel free, I mean, it's historical. This already happened. People can go on Wikipedia and look up this story, you know. I mean, gosh, I, I actually just watched a fifteen minute 2020 clip from, uh, I think, uh, G- uh 2000 you know, so mm-hmm. 18 years ago, um, when they a- uh, interviewed Brian's family, um, mm. you know, so this, the story is there available, but, um, okay. So how, how familiar were you with this story, uh, growing up in Amarillo? Uh,
0: well, when it happened, um, I was a freshman in a High school.
1: Oh my gosh, dude! So th- th- these were yeah. like your peers.
0: These were these were people around my age. This happened uh, pretty close to. Uh, I think they were sophomores, juniors, maybe some seniors in there too. And uh, so, it, you know, it was, didn't happen at the high school that I went to, but uh, it was the one just right down the street. And uh, man, when this this tragic event happened, it just it it pretty much rocked our whole little community here. Yeah. Um, It was a very, uh, you know, you you see where people's true feelings lie when something like this happens. Right. And uh, you could definitely tell there was, it was a city divided like crazy. And uh, it, it hit, home really hard because there started to become a lot of animosity in in our town and you felt it from this one event and uh like i didn't know any of the any of the people personally i have heard of them a couple times and, and stuff like that but um to see this go down the way it did it definitely opened a lot of eyes
1: yeah yeah. So, yeah, uh, dude, I, I, I did not realize how, I mean, you were, you were in terms of your age group, you were in the thick of it. Cause yeah, I, I, so, the, um, Brian Deneke at the time of this incident was 19 years old mm-hmm. and, um, the, I guess, I guess you can call him the antagonist of the movie. His name is, uh, Dustin, I think, um,
0: Well, they changed his name in the movie to Something Cage. Oh, Um, do they really?
1: Yes. Oh, Um, I don't think I really – so yeah, the real real guy's name is Dustin Camp.
0: Yes. Yes. In the movie, they changed his name. And the really cool thing – Cody Cates. Cody Cates. Cody Cates. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Um, I got to go to a premiere here in Amarillo that we had uh, at a a local theater – uh, like a orchestra place, as we call it, and yeah. a music hall type place. Yeah. But uh, we had a premiere before the movie came out and stuff, and we got to do a Q&A with all the directors and the producers and the actors after the movie was over. And uh, one of the questions that came up is, why did you change his name in the movie? And uh, the director says, well, you know, we don't – our intention for this movie is not to breed more hate. And we felt if we put his name in there, there was, there would be more hate towards him and we don't want that. It would, it would
1: almost be like maybe, uh, reopening old wounds. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and so they were like, we, we don't, we don't want that. We want this movie to be a positive light towards Brian and not focus so much on bringing more hate towards uh Dustin Camp. Right. And man when they said that I was like dude that's just that's amazing like um they and the, I don't know if you know but a bunch of the the directors and the producers and stuff they all came from Amarillo. Oh really? Yeah, the, all the directors, uh, I think I believe the cinematographers too, and stuff like that. Everybody that is involved in this movie, except for some of the actors, uh, came from Amarillo. Uh, Amarillo is their hometown.
1: Oh, that's really interesting. That's fascinating. So I've so. Um, I, I've never been to Amarillo. Um, I am technically Chris. I am a Texan. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was born in Houston, Texas. Um, and, uh, my mom born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, uh, my dad's side of the family as well, um, are all from Austin, but my dad was born in Wisconsin, but eventually they made their way back to Texas and he went to high school in Fort Worth. So, uh,
0: everybody know. comes back. So yeah. you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be waiting here for when you get back. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, it's, I love Texas, man. I, you know, I, uh. I, I didn't grow up in Texas, you know. I, I have memories as a kid visiting and things like that. And I've gone back frequently in my adult years. Um, but I love it there. And uh, you know, Texas Texas is a unique place. It definitely, you know, is uh there's a lot of pride, you know, in those there who are is. from Texas and you know, they, they appreciate where they come from. Um Amarillo and, and what Bomb City shows about Amarillo is kinda the this um yeah, just I guess kind of like what you said, uh, not necessarily at the time, maybe the community was divided, but there was kind of this emerging and um, uh, movement of what I guess what are just known as punks or punk music, punk rock, things like that, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, I believe I, I'm not too familiar with the punk movement and punk music and things like that but i'm pretty sure it it, it kind of had its roots in the early 80s and things like that um mm-hmm. you know when punk music started to come about it became really big in the uh, early 90s and things like that and you know in a small town a small conservative town i i, I have to add you know just because texas itself is pretty much <laughs> conservative and always republican uh, red you know uh, <laughs> we, yeah we're
0: right here in the middle of the bible Belt,
1: right and so you know um the, this punk movement was probably something that was not, you know, very easily accepted. And, and I can, I can very much see how it, you know, these guys, Brian Dennecke and his group, uh, you know, would have been um, looked down on and not just looked mm-hmm. down on, but harassed and targeted, you know, um, for, you know, all types of stuff from, you know, the music they listened to the, clothes that they wore the hair that they had and you know all, all, all that kind of stuff but um you know uh, uh bomb city bomb city kind of puts us right in the middle of you know this small small community and uh, and and i gosh i i <laughs> i feel like you should be saying this just because this is your hometown that i'm talking about oh, anyway. no, you're fine
0: um you're you're describing it pretty well
1: you know but you know it's the movie the movie is about brian denneke it shows Brian Dennecke's lifestyle and, you know, his friends and, you know, the culture that he's into about the punk and stuff like that. And, uh, um, and, and I'm kind of using punk as a noun, because uh, I think that's what it is. And the movie, one of my favorite parts of the movie is, uh, when one of Brian's friends is on, uh, you know, at, at the court and the lawyer's asking him, uh, what, what is punk? And mm-hmm. his friend, his response is punk is a statement. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's something I, I think I have grown to appreciate, especially after watching this movie about things that were very unfamiliar with me. Just because I know, like in my high school in little old Reno, Nevada, mm-hmm. you know, we we had people that you know I guess would be considered punks, or maybe they called themselves punks or whatever. You know, people with outlandish outward appearances. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, but I just it's it's crazy to think about this group in this small town in texas i mean so tell me uh were you were you aware you know of i guess kind of those who consider themselves punks and things like that in amarillo was that kind of a big Uh, movement at the time
0: oh yeah there was um there was definitely art like in the high school that i went to i mean we definitely did have our groups you know and it's kind of boils down to your stereotypical you know high school groups that you have everywhere you know you have your jocks you have your preps you have this and that and in and about that time is when you know the punk movement really started taking off like you said and so it was new to to this little a little old town in texas you know very conservative you know and everybody gets afraid of stuff that they don't understand and that definitely took play here, and, and you know there was kids that started, uh, you know, just like in the movie, they started uh, listening to this punk music, this headbanger music, and it's loud and it's it says uh, some has derogatory stuff in it, going on on and on. But um, you know, th- there's a lot of in Amarillo, there's a lot of old money here. Um, you got your your farmers and your ranchers, your oil people, and you know they're they're older generation and stuff. And you know when you get these these guys that are, you know, like you said, wearing these big baggy clothes and spiked up hair that is like ten feet tall to them, and you know just. Tattoos and this and that, it, it really scared them, yeah. And they didn't understand, you know, uh, some of these guys. And you know, like I said, at my high school, we had these clicks, and there was this and that, but we never had hate towards each other like uh, that the other school did, apparently. I mean, because some of the punks that were um, in my high school i mean some were some of the smartest kids i have ever met to this yeah. day yeah and uh you know they just they're they just dressed different they thought different than we did and um i was you know i have to say i was part of the, the jock group I, I played football through high school <laughs> this and that and the crazy thing is i even wore the white hat man um really the one yeah. in the movie yeah um, really right. interesting yeah. okay we had our own maid uh, that said our, our high school name on it and stuff like that. So you know, our all the, our jocks and our the football players, we would wear those white hats and stuff like that. And um, but it was just it just wasn't like that over where we were at. And I think maybe that had a lot to do with the high school that I went to um, has a lot of different races.
1: Yeah, um, it's more diverse.
0: It is is a lot more diverse. So in my side of town over here, than uh, um, it was. At Tascosa High School is what the high school was, but um, you know, it's just it scared a lot of people, man. And I just wish. And it takes me back watching this movie um, from the very opening scene. You know, the very opening scene. I don't know if you remember. Um, it's these three silos that have uh, three X's on it. Yep yep and that's actually a place here it was a triple x store that had neon x's on the big grain silos <laughs> um that got taken down I, it was there for a long time but yeah. those those finally got taken down and stuff and um it just in takes it took me back so bad to high school and what we actually went through and stuff after when this happened because um, after it happened um there was a big trickle down effect you know yeah. um the the punks at our high school started probably to get a little defensive because they maybe they thought hey well, what if y'all are like that too right and that and you know think thank thankfully it, it never got to that point with us uh to where there was there was hate or anything we we ended up on a good note and stuff so right. um and uh You know, fun fact about the movie, I guess, um, you were talking about uh, what they were saying in court. Um, uh, A question was asked at the the premiere that I went to about where did they get the dialogue for the court scene. Well, everything that you hear that lawyer say in the court scenes was taken word for word for transcripts of the actual court case.
1: Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. I'm just thinking about – I'm remembering some of the things that that guy said.
0: Yes, and I'm just like – it. that floored me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Because at some part in the movie, you're like – you really have anger towards that that lawyer. You're like, dude, how could you
1: say stuff like right, this? Right,
0: right. Uh, so
1: – Yeah. T- tell the listeners why the movie is called Bomb City.
0: Bomb City um, is a nickname for our city here, uh, Amarillo. Um, we have a nuclear uh, plant here that disassembles all the, the nuclear bombs from the government. It's called uh, the Pantex. And so with all the bombs that go in through in, through uh, this Pantex plant that get disassembled and stuff, they, people have nicknamed our town Bomb City.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's something that I learned too. um, you know, watching the movie, I believe. So when you meet Brian Deneke, he is, he is trying to, um, establish a, a music venue that, mm-hmm. you know, will attract punk bands to come and play in Amarillo and things like that. And, uh, um, and I believe the name that he gives, doesn't he give his venue the name bomb city?
0: Uh yes, uh, and I think that was just added. Um, there, it was called something totally different. I'm okay. gonna have to look okay. back and see what it, it was actually called. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that they just added that in there for movie effect.
1: Right. Right. So. Oh my gosh, dude, this is all so fascinating, man. Oh my gosh, it it it, it I, it just I think it puts things in, in really into perspective um mm-hmm. talking to you about this movie because this is your hometown not yeah. only is it your hometown but because of the basically the size of your t- your town and and the age you were when this occurred i mean you experienced this you know and so that really really puts things into perspective with me you know i'm just thinking back you know going <laughs> going back to the movie you know I, I so my wife and i we just recently finished uh, watching all five seasons of um Friday Night Lights. Oh, Stephen will love you. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh I was impressed, man. I was really impressed with that show. It's it's got to be a top 5 favorite show, you know, I I've, oh, I've man, ever seen so on TV. Good. Um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, after the 3rd season it kind of goes downhill those last two seasons. I I actually really enjoyed the last two seasons as well. It mm-hmm. definitely takes a different turn, but uh um, anyway, what I'm getting at is that you get you get a feel for kind of Texas culture, especially small town Texas culture. Obviously, uh, Dillon, Texas, is a fictional city, um, mm. and you know, and that was a very small town. But you know, in in the movie, when you're you know, when you're watching Bomb City, and you see the kids, you know, they're going to hang out at IHOP, you know, like.
0: Yeah, like, and they had to change it to a Mr. Frosty. Right, like, right, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, that's right, Mr. Frosty, <laughs> um, you know, but but like the fact that these are like, these are the common places where kids go to hang out, it just kind of, it shows you really just kind of the lifestyle and culture of Amarillo already, mm-hmm. um, but um, okay, let's go ahead, let's go ahead and kind of be the movie critics for Bomb City, Um, let's, let's start off with some of the things that we didn't like, or some of the critiques. Do you have any critiques for bomb city?
0: Um, you know, I loved it so much. It it was hard for me to pick out any critiques, but I think one thing that I would have to, uh, say is, um, some of the, like the punk music I got, I, I understood why they had to have that in there. the, the music that they chose to play when they showed the jocks, um, this hardcore gangster rap. I don't, I, I don't know why, but that just felt so off to me. Really? Uh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I I get the, the, I get the picture they're trying to paint for these guys. You know, they, they're the, the thugs, they're this, they're that. Um, that threw me off a little bit and, um, you know, I can't really say anything else, man. It's so hard for me to criticize anything about this movie. Just, um, you know, I know a lot of people associated w- uh, with what happened, and you know, it, it's always hard to to say um, when you watch movies uh, that are based on a true story um, to say if you know, you know how accurate are they really you know right
1: right yeah and so okay well let me let me tell you some of the things that i wish had been different in the movie and tell me what you think okay okay i did not have these feelings until the very end because in the end of the movie it's going to show you home video clips of brian denneke and it gives you um those uh kind of those post-credit notes you know Mm -hmm. or um it, it just kind of like a follow up to things that that happened and whatnot but uh um one of the things in the movie that it shows Brian Denicky doing with his brother are they they are they are lining these street signs um and and, and they look like homemade street signs cuz the signs mm-hmm. you know they they they're not you <laughs> know they're not normal street signs they say things on the signs right Yes. And so when it showed the scene, mm-hmm. I was confused as to what they were doing and what was the purpose of that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it kind of it kind of had this this shot where it kind of panned out, and you could kind of see, like they're they're kind of designing something or setting these signs up in a way to display something, right? And I'm like, oh okay, that's kind of cool. I wonder why they're doing this. Like, what's what's the point of this? But it wasn't until the end of the movie that it explains that this was a huge art project that. That Brian had had initiated and started himself, and they said that this art project is one of the largest um, community art projects in the country, or something like that. I, I'm not doing it mm-hmm. any justice right now, but it was something of real significance that spoke to the character of Brian Dennehy, and mm-hmm. and to, for only to have that small little scene, the scene kind of confused me at first. But then when I found out what it actually meant, it was like, oh, my gosh. It's like a whole nother side of Brian that, you know, that you are introduced to. hmm um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Those signs, man, they are – they're still up. They're still around and, uh, you know, they're just all around town in people's yards and uh, some some businesses have them. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow, oh,
1: that's fascinating. So I mean to, I mean so when you saw the movie you knew exactly what it was and what they were yes. doing because you are from Amarillo you see yeah. this every day and
0: I see these signs every day yeah
1: right so for me I I had no idea what it was about and I I kind of kind of made my own conclusions as to why but it was still I was still left to speculate and kind of like not really understand what the purpose of that scene was and so I wish I wish they had been able to spend some more time kind of showing showing this side of Brian that really humanizes him I mean the movie itself is it's it humanizes Brian you know in in a way that most people would probably not view people dressed that way you know from right. afar obviously but this to do this this is another side of Brian that I just I I I, I wanted more especially after I found out what it meant. And then the last thing, the last thing that I I wanted to critique. Again, this goes to kind of developing Brian's character throughout the movie. So at the end of the movie, it sh- it it, kind of, it interviews his parents. Or maybe I'm thinking the special features. I think I'm not at the end of the movie. I'm pretty sure these were special features that I dug into. But they it interviewed his parents and they talked about, you know, the making of the movie and like how pleased they were, especially with the actor who portrayed their son. And okay. um And they were just saying, you know, that even though they did not necessarily approve of Brian's lifestyle, they deeply loved their son and supported their son and their son loved them. That this was this was not this was not a son who had strained relationships with his family and parents this was a strong family and a family that loved each other, even though they weren't approving necessarily of his lifestyle. And I think that was mostly because of how much, um, bullying came his way because of his lifestyle. I think that's what they really didn't approve of. Cause they just wanted him to kind of more, maybe more blend in. So he wasn't picked on as much, you know, and, or targeted right. as much for hate crimes. Um, but, the only really the only time in the movie that they kind of show his parents and they show the interaction between Brian and his parents to where you know, oh, they have a good relationship is when he comes home and he's in the kitchen and, you know, his mom's excited to see him. I guess he maybe hadn't been home for a while or something like that. But it was very quick, it was like maybe a minute long. And so, yeah, yeah. And so that's another thing that I, after seeing those special features and what, you know, what Brian. Uh, what kind of relationship Brian had with his parents and his parents with him, you know, it, it it really, I think it could have really, really brought out Brian as someone, not only as you are going to sympathize for, but you are going to relate to, you know, as a viewer. And so Mm -hmm. those, those are the only two things that, you know, after really thinking hard about this movie, because I very much enjoyed this movie that I wish had, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe add 10 more minutes of the movie, just 10, you know, but within those 10 minutes, spend some more time on his art and what he did, because that is something that's lasted for, uh, for a long time, 20 plus years. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and it's something that's still an integral part of, of, uh, it sounds like a fan And so, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah. And then to show, you know, his relationship with his parents, because obviously you, you get the depth of emotion with his relationship with his brother, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I had I wish we had that with the parents because his parents, his parents are your regular regular Texas folk, you know oh, they're, yeah. they're <laughs> they they look like everybody else, you know yeah you know so yeah. when you see his parents and then you see Brian you're like wow <laughs> <laughs> that's their kid you know um, yeah man so, yeah so going yeah, back to um, what.
0: And just real quick touching on, you know, what you said about uh, the special features or how you said uh, Brian's parents were uh, really pleased of how uh, the actor did for Brian. Um, They were asked at this premiere, you know, how did you take it? How did you uh, like seeing this uh, actor portray Brian? And they said, you know, there were times that... um, they were on set and they, they would think that it was Brian there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, this guy, Dave Davis that, that played Brian just got so into this role that, um, he made the parents think that Brian was back.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, it's, that's so awesome, but so heartbreaking at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, Ah, uh, yeah, and, and and that that I think I, I really I think it would have really driven home the impact of th- really the final scenes of the movie, you know, and what happens to Brian, and obviously mm-hmm. I, I one of the things that we haven't discussed yet is is one of the main themes of the movie, you know, is the really the the injustice that occurs with the final outcome of the court. Um, you know, and what the jury decides. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 again, I'm hesitant to discuss that because, cause, cause I, I think a lot of people can maybe kind of just assume what has happened. Um, but mm-hmm. I do, I do want, I, I want people so bad to go and watch this movie. And so I, I want them to enjoy it as a first time viewer, you know, and things like that. But, uh, um, tell me, I guess, tell me some of the favorite, your favorite things or your highlights of the movie.
0: Um I would say some of the highlights of the movie would be just being able to see um, some of the, the the shots here in Amarillo. The cinematography in this movie was amazing to yeah. me the way they they shot Amarillo.
1: Yeah
0: um, It's just so pretty I mean it, it captured our sunsets when they were uh, um, at uh, the Cadillac Ranch. Yeah. Uh, um. You know, it's one thing we're known for here in the plains, the Texas plains, is our beautiful sunsets because you can see <laughs> them really well. Yeah. And you know, just the visuals of this movie were were by far really really good. And I probably think I would say that was probably uh, the top thing. And then uh, the second thing is probably just the cast, the way um, they uh, just fell into each role, and everybody they just. They wanted to do uh, Brian justice and do a really good job, and they really did.
1: Yeah, yeah. You really, you. I, I think just what you were saying about the cast, and uh, especially, especially with the punks, um, those that were casted as as punks, their the camaraderie and the friendship among them, it, you can tell. That it's it's sincere in many ways. It's very sincere, and you get that that feeling from the cast. Uh, one of the things that I I really really just stood out to me um, in the movie was uh, was the score. I don't think it was really anything that is super memorable after seeing the movie, but during the movie, the score helped to build this really really thick tension and this kind of just build up. You know, to to the mm-hmm. final scenes of the movie, um, I, so I I don't know if it's anything that you noticed, but I just went back right before we started recording, and I watched the trailer, and they have the same musical cues in the in the trailer, and it just it just brought back kind of the emotion that I had while watching the movie, and just like mm-hmm. just this just slow build up to to you know you know something is about to culminate and it's just building and building and building and the music did a very good job to set that tone and that mood and that that was one of my biggest highlights of the movie but uh yeah and then and then yeah dave davis dave davis who played brian dineke uh goodness man i i one of the things that i just i wish i wish these movies had you know would get more recognition and attention. You know because this movie mm-hmm. it's 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 not going to get talked about, it's not going to get brought up in any of the awards, you know, ceremonies. It, it brought, Dave Davis is not going to get nominated for anything and, and yet and yet I I I will probably go throughout all of 2018 and think about who have been the best performances and I have no doubt that that Dave Davis is going to be towards the top.
0: Yeah, he did amazing. Really good
1: so um okay um okay last part before we go on to our recommendation chris um are any messages or themes from the movie that you took away anything that kind of struck a chord with you
0: oh man that's opening up a big can there buddy (laughs) (laughs)
1: um
0: you know just the the whole the whole movie just i think is geared towards you know not being scared of what's different yeah and you know it doesn't matter what you look like how you dress a human is still a human and you know don't go i guess it goes back to that old saying you know don't judge a book by its cover yeah and uh you know just i think a lot of people in this today's society need to go back and reevaluate a bunch of things and you know don't be afraid of what's new don't be afraid of what's different don't sit there across from somebody uh, that you see at a restaurant and judge just because they look different Um, they may be going through the same things that you go through they probably do Everybody goes through trials uh, in life. Um, it just, some people um, take a different way and that doesn't mean it's a wrong way, you know?
1: Yeah. Chris, that's beautifully said. I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of what you just said, mm-hmm. because that for me is what stuck out to me the most in terms of kind of the messages um, that I took away from this film. And, and one of the things that really just kind of, just really settled heavy on my mind is how, how natural it is for us, and I'm talking about myself too, um, for us to judge, for us to see somebody that is different, somebody that is outside of what society and what we deem as normal, and we pass judgment on that person and how quickly it happens it's these are like split second emotions that happen mm-hmm. within us to where we've basically decided that the value of this individual is less than our own and and I and, and really, really, because I think I think what really struck a chord with me is that I started looking back on just kind of my years growing up in high school and things like that and how I treated people. And, you know, and whether whether knowingly and consciously doing things, you know, that are are acts of judging others you don't necessarily have to do anything it's just what enters into your mind and in your heart and and it happens so easily and so readily in in humans that that and, and that's what this movie shows is that 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 we we are so quick to make up our mind and decide what we think of a person without ever knowing them Without ever knowing their name, without ever knowing their life, without, without ever knowing their experiences, their hopes, their dreams, their fears. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and what this movie does is it will show you, it will show you an individual who, who most people probably would, you know, and maybe me, even me included that we would see on the street with a split second, you'd walk by them and you would already have your mind made up about them. Mm -hmm. And, and yet, and yet, just like you said, and I think you said it perfectly, Chris, is that, that (laughs) no matter how they dress, they're humans, they're humans just like us. And, uh, and yeah, dude, it was a powerful message, man. What an incredible movie. Anything else you'd like to say? Um,
0: yeah, not so. I mean, I think we've covered just about everything. I, um, I know you've said it a couple of times. I just want, so much for the world to see this movie so if you get a chance please please give it a watch um you will not be disappointed i, I promise you
1: absolutely and i,
0: I kind of stepped on the recommendation part but <laughs> <laughs> hey
1: no, that's all right that's all right let's go ahead and we'll just do the last segment then and that is our backseat director's recommendation
0: our recommendation
1: Okay so Chris it, it, this is not a movie in theaters right now um, so mm-hmm. I, I, I guess my you know the recommendations I use is always you know whether or not the movies were seen in theaters. Um, but let's go ahead and just apply the same recommendation as if the movie is in theaters. it's is it a go see it a maybe wait or is it a no go? It is a
0: definitely go see it for me.
1: Absolutely same here. This movie is well worth your time oh my goodness and i and dude i'm so happy that i'm the owner of this movie (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad i got to give it
0: to you man i'm I'm glad
1: well chris thank you so much man this has been an excellent podcast i i can't tell you how happy that i am that we were able to connect and i was able to get you on and especially for this movie thank you man thank you
0: (laughs) No, thank you. I said it was an honor to be on here. Uh, next step is going to have to have you on the Screen Addicts and have you're going to have to deal with all three of us knuckleheads one day.
1: Dude, I'd love it, man. I would love it. <laughs> well, I hope I didn't keep you up too late, but before, uh, before I no. let you go, let's uh, go ahead and let the listeners know, uh, Chris, how uh, they can follow the Screen Addicts podcast, how they can listen to the Screen Addicts podcast, and maybe how they can follow you online as well.
0: Okay. Uh, just... Screen Addicts Podcast, uh where everywhere you can listen to a podcast, uh Apple Apple Podcast, uh I Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you can find us anywhere you find podcasts, we're on there. Uh if you're on uh, Instagram or Facebook, just search Screen Addicts Podcast and Twitter, it's Screen underscore addicts and that's spelled A D D I C S.
1: Perfect, perfect listeners you know what to do go out listen subscribe to their podcast listen to their their incredible movie show that they have Um, go follow them online on social media and uh thank you so much listeners thank you for tuning in and listening to our review of bomb city we hope you enjoyed today's episode um make sure you stay up to date and subscribe to the backseat directors podcast Uh, just like screen addicts we are also on apple Podcasts, itunes google play stitcher podbean really any other place that you can get podcasts uh, and uh and yeah again thank you so much and on behalf of chris from screen addicts this is andre with backseat directors and we'll see you guys next week at the movies the backseat directors theme song is let's go to the movies by ozo motley you can find the album ozo motley presents ozo kids and all of their other music on itunes Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The BD Podcast.